back to the MPPA alumni series. I'm your host, Dorothy Siraj. After having graduated in 2010 from the MPPA program, Bobby Thomas Cameron went on to complete a PhD and is now working as a Director of Strategic Policy and Evaluation Division in the Department of Agriculture and Land, PEI. Bobby shares fantastic memories from the program from taking part in an MRP to co-op placements to RA positions and current projects he's working on. Bobby offers a view of what it is like to take full advantage of the opportunities the MPPA program has to offer. So, hi Bobby, thank you so much for your time today. Hi. I'm looking so forward to speaking to you. Uh, just so that the listeners know who exactly we're talking to, you are Bobby Thomas Cameron. You've obviously graduated from the MPPA program. I see here that you've done a PhD, which we will talk about later. Now you, a, you are a director. Yes. The yes. Strategic Policy Evaluation Division in the Department of Agriculture and Land in PEI, which is the most exciting part for me personally. It is. Yeah, you should come visit. <laughs> Definitely. So yeah. I want to start from the beginning. What What did you do your undergrad? Where did you do it? And why did it lead you to the MPPA program? Great. Well, first, I'd just like to say thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to speak on the this forum and it's always great to be able to sort of talk about Ryerson and uh, the things that the program has uh, done for me to help me with uh, my career and my, my personal uh, life too. Glad, glad to hear that. Yeah, so um, I guess just to begin, I, uh, I started at the University of Prince Edward Island um, and I studied history with an honors degree in immigration history to PEI. Um, and I also did a double major in political studies. So that was prior to uh, going to Ryerson for its uh, MPPA program. Okay, wow. So why, what made you choose the MPPA program after you finished your undergrad? You must have looked at other programs too. Yeah. So why Ryerson and did you move to Toronto for their program? Yeah, yeah. so um, I get asked that question a lot because people wonder like, how did this guy from PEI, the smallest province in Canada, find himself in downtown Toronto? So, um, really, my, my story with Ryerson began in my uh, undergraduate uh, career. So, I was very, very fortunate to be part of, I think it was the first cohort of a joint undergraduate exchange program between Ryerson and the University of PEI. Oh. So, um, at that time, there was a group of Ryerson students who came to UPEI for a semester and then a group of uh, UPEI students who went to Ryerson. So, it was sort of a rural, urban um, exchange and so while I was at Ryerson um, for all that it's you know uh, in many ways you would think it would be a very different um, university from what I'd be used to in Prince right. Edward Island but that the community feel even being you know right in the middle of uh, downtown Toronto it had this very sort of tight-knit very friendly collegial atmosphere which actually reminded me a lot of University of PEI and, and okay. PEI. And I don't know if I was a bit of a novelty being <laughs> from PEI at the time and people were wondering, you're an exchange student, right? You're from the US. And it was like, no, I'm, I'm from PEI, but people tended to actually be very sort of welcoming and, and open. So I ended up then really becoming sort of connected to a lot of uh, the professors, um, the politics department in, in particular. Um, I was able to connect with a couple of different profs for RA opportunities and through all of that I think it just sort of really started to um, create those bonds that when I did come time for me to apply for um, um, graduate programs, Ryerson was my first first stop. Right, that, that's so good. And did you have any specific expectations from the MPPA program that you thought were met wonderful? 
Yeah, so I think um, I think when when I was going into the MPPA program, um, I, I I'm sure I had expectations for what um, I was going to receive. I, I knew that um, even coming through a political studies degree, um, probably I didn't actually have a firm understanding of what public policy was um, at the time. But I knew I wasn't so much interested in politics. I wasn't so much interested in formal state type studies. Right. Um, so it was somewhere in and around what seemed to be public policy. So going into the um, the program, you know, I had an expectation that you know I was going to learn about what public policy was, um, and that I was going to learn about what it is not only in theory but also get some sort of sort of practice-based, I guess, component to um, my experience, and I think I was able to do both um, through 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 my time there. Yeah. Right, and yeah. right after the program, did you go in to do your PhD? Can you speak to us about that? Yeah, so I, I had a, a sort of a gap year, I guess, was my uh, the only way I can describe it. So after after um, my MPPA, I actually took a one-year contract in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. So I was teaching English um, at a technical college. So I did a, it was business English, essentially. Okay. Um, a lot of my friends had been going to Korea, or that was sort of the, the area, and I just wanted to do something a little bit differently. So I spent a year in... Um, um, Saudi Arabia and then from there um, at the end of my term I was thinking what next and that's where I decided to um, go into the PhD program in policy studies at, at Ryerson. At Ryerson. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's so great that you continued yeah. at Ryerson. Yeah. Say because uh, I feel like Ryerson is has very close connections with the OPS especially yeah. now. Would you yeah. say it was and what year did you graduate from the MPP? Uh, I have to look at my certificate. <laughs> uh, it was 2010. 2010. <laughs> yeah, it was 2010. They were, they were close with the OPS. Yeah. So would you say, because it was in the heart of downtown Toronto, would you say it was more focused on Toronto or, or Ontario level? Uh, yeah. That, actually, yeah, that's a great point. That was one thing that I... Um, that I uh, an impression that I was left with after leaving the program was the focus on Ontario um, public service, and I think you know, kind of speaking to any students who may be interested in the program from outside of Ontario, I think it's still a wonderful program, and there's um, you know opportunity to learn. But having that additional um, sort of perspective on uh, other parts of the country in the program, I think really enriches it. Yeah. Um, and in fact, I remember one um, one exercise. I think it was in Janet Lum's um, policy analysis. Yes, yeah. I think it was in Janet Lum's uh, policy analysis course. We had to choose sort of an area from Canada that we were representing. So of course, they put me in the East uh, Coast group, and then you sort of had to come up with a policy case or some type of competition. So yeah. there is exposure to um, you know other types of uh, policy domains outside of Ontario. It is very Ontario focused, being in, in downtown Toronto, but also I think presents an opportunity to sort of recruit in students from outside of that area to kind of um, enrich it a little bit with other perspectives. Right, right, yeah. definitely, yeah. And like being in the real world, would you, can you contrast the course material or things you've learned in Toronto versus what you're doing right now? Uh, do you feel like the program really uh, prepared you 
for yeah. your line of work or what you're doing right now? Yeah, I would say 100 million percent um, that the program prepared me for uh, the role that I'm currently in. So I started out as policy analyst, then manager of policy, and now director of strategic policy and evaluation. And I found progressing through those various levels, um, I'm constantly learning or remembering things from um, my MPPA that like are clicking. It's almost nostalgic or sort of, uh, I don't know, you just remember things as I'm e either training people or coming up against a new policy issue. Right. Um, part of what I did actually in um, with this department and with the government of PEI really, is I developed um, a program and it's called the Policy Capacity Development Mentorship Program. Um, and really what I did is I went back and I looked at a lot of my syllabuses from my the MPPA program. I sort of selected activities and readings and things that were sort of more foundational and I developed it into the actual training orientation program for the division. So when I say that I use the degree a lot, like I absolutely do, um, not, not only in in terms of training and being able to impart that you know the most fundamental i guess theoretical knowledge that's needed for practitioners yeah. um when they're training but also the skills so the the critical thinking skills 100 um i use all of the time ryerson being a one-year program you do a lot of writing in one year and plus having done an mrp there's a lot of even more writing so the writing skills like you know i, I use all of the time and then also um, because um, policy studies, I guess, is interdisciplinary, and the program really is too, like MPPA is, um, I was used to getting a broad range of policy topics thrown at me through that degree, everything from immigration to security to defense to food, et cetera, et cetera. So now when a topic that to some may look, you know, oh, it's way outside my comfort zone, I sort of I believe or hope have sort of the skills to be able to um, understand and I have plans for how to get familiar with a topic relatively quickly which is a hundred percent essential and if you're working in, in public policy so yeah, yeah just be prepared for basically anything I'm that you did at MRP can yeah you, can you talk to us about that yeah so the MRP um, I would highly recommend it for anyone who can um, who can, you know, whose schedule allows for that or whose career or professional plan um, allows for that too. So my uh, MRP was based on um, an experience that I had when I was in Malta. So I, I studied in Malta for a semester as an undergrad and I worked at what was then titled an open refugee center. So not a detention center, but it was a sort of a reception center. So I took that experience and I really wanted to unpack sort of the policy framework that was that led to, I guess, the creation of that um, center. So I looked at the reception conditions directive and essentially what my MRP ended up becoming um, was sort of a policy analysis of a very fundamental um, EU uh, policy that was based sort of on my reflexive experience sort of working with um, refugees and asylum seekers um, within the center. So um, it, you know, again, kind of going back to the why I see Ryerson as such a, having such a great program, it was like I was able to do everything, you know, yeah. like I was able to get my MRP done, do something reflect that was based on my past experience, but then really amp it up to sort of a graduate level. 
I was able to um, do all of my courses that I wanted to do. So I really couldn't have asked for, for much more. And another plug, I guess, for um, the MRP is that it's sort of a nice balance between your master's degree and a full thesis. So having done the MRP on top of my undergraduate thesis, it helped me tremendously for my PhD as well. So um, I would highly recommend it. <laughs> right, that, that's incredible. It sounds like you like made full use of the program. Yeah for all the experiences, which is so great. What were some of your favorite courses? My favorite, oh man, I have to be careful what I say because I know a lot of the, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> um, I think, okay, this will really get me in trouble. So any of the Ryerson profs out there, do not take this personally. So I, I really highly recommend the comparative public policy course. Um, I probably wish I had have listened better in that course or maybe in the beginning of the course um, studied a lot more about the comparative methodology um, you know I, I think I forget what the topic I chose for that course but I know in my day-to-day -day work that comparative focus is always there so like the jurisdictional scan is sort of like the bread and butter of uh, policy work like what is another province doing right so uh, that one is I think very fundamental um, and then I think the the policy, the, the research methods. Right, I really like that one. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it was really good. So I think for those ones, um, I think at the time I was just really overwhelmed because I uh, went from an undergraduate sort of uh, perspective on research to a graduate level. But if I could go back and retake a course, it would definitely be the, uh, the, the research uh, methods one. Because I just think it's those fundamental skills that you can bring to any, you can bring it to life, like just how to solve problems. So. Right. And speaking about skills, what would you say are the most important skills? Well, you mentioned before just being comfortable with not knowing everything, right? Dipping your toes in, learning about new things. What other skills do you think are crucial for this line of work? Um, for, okay, so I think uh, probably first and foremost, it's people skills. Um, and I know it almost sounds cliche or tacky because it's like every job needs people skills, but there's like a lot written out there and there's a lot of research on um, just how much sometimes conflict and change is associated with public policy. I um, mean, the underlying component to all that is that with conflict and change, um, you know, requires people skills to kind of be like the glue that ties projects together, that ties relationships together to make sure that policy projects are successful. So that goes from anything from as simple as people skills to be able to um, go to another director or, you know, another section or division to be able to get information you need or investigate a problem that's a part of a project without them just saying, go away, I'm busy, <laughs> which you get a lot of <laughs> sometimes in, when you're working in, in policy. So making sure those relationships are tight to a much more sort of structured or systemic approach to relationships whereby, you know, your division itself needs to have a very good relationship with, um, you know, stakeholders and industry groups, because when you need to investigate a problem or, or um, you know, you need to be able to implement public policy, you have to have those relationships. So there is a book, um, it's a little bit dated now, but I always, it's my go-to, it's by Michael Mintrom, it's called People Skills for Policy Analysts. Um, and that's, you know, during, for that orientation program I spoke about earlier, that's a book that I always, there's chapters in it I give out because it just hits this topic perfectly. Um, and then I think this second two is applied research skills. So making sure that 
you know the basics of how to do um, surveys, focus groups, um, and then the analysis part of that, as well as key informant interviews, lit reviews, etc. Um, and then probably writing would be after that. So just, you know, writing is fundamental. So it's for this line of work. Um, and then also probably some emergent skills around, um, you know, uh, whether it's like human centered design or user experience or applied ethnography type models, those more innovative approaches, those are coming up. So any types of skills or ways you can focus on those, a future employer would sort of look at you very, I guess, favorably if you could start, you know, if you rocked up to an interview talking about human centered design and applied ethnography, you know, you would, you would look very smart <laughs> and it's helpful. Definitely a whole new skill set. Yeah. And I feel like the program really emphasized writing, like you said, in that one year. Yeah. Time or full time, doesn't matter. You're still going to be doing a lot of writing. Absolutely. And people skills, it's all like seminar presentation based. Yeah. Naturally, over the couple of weeks, you just get so comfortable speaking. Absolutely. Of people, so that's good. Uh, something memorable from the program. Um, I think what would be my most memorable. Um, Maybe it has to do with the people you met, or some funny stuff. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Well, I think probably my most memorable. I, I well, the first time I walked into Ryerson, I was nineteen and had barely traveled anywhere from. PEI and again sounding very cliche but it was probably the shock of Toronto was, <laughs> was uh, you know walking a couple blocks in Toronto you pass basically the population of PEI right so um, but it was all, always very exciting I guess a very memorable part through my entire career with Ryerson and, and the program is just I couldn't believe how a part of the community and maybe Toronto to a certain extent I ended up feeling um, especially being from a small smaller jurisdiction so that was very memorable but also the relationships is what's probably the most memorable like you know to this day i still know um a lot of the profs and i know a lot of the administrative support workers and you know every time i'm visiting well not so much lately and hopefully i'll be able to visit soon after covid but um in the past i would visit and it was just sort of like a second home like you would go in and people remember you and you know it's it was really nice so I guess that's probably the most memorable is the, right. the relationships yeah, yeah. The program definitely creates that nice uh, those nice relationships like a family you yeah you keep in contact they encourage you to kind of pop back in update totally they definitely they genuinely care that's what I and it's very different from undergrad where you have yeah hundreds of kids and it's yeah. not that personal versus now it's like one-on-one -on -one, the professor yeah. hey what's going on what are you doing so i personally really like that uh do you have any advice for new students coming in um i think don't my number one advice would be don't be too hard on yourself right um because it's really exciting right so just keep with that excitement um and just remember that you are still a student at the end of the day so you were there to learn um, and then two, um, connected to that is mental health. Like I, I just always have to stress that with, um, with students because we set such high expectations for ourselves. Um, and you think in your head, oh my God, I only have a year to do this. Plus everything else you're dealing with in your life and all of the pressure. So be realistic with yourself. Um, you don't have to go for the gold star. Um, you know, just and, and watch your mental health, you know, and uh, just just uh, be there for the experience and, and not not 
don't put too much pressure on yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I really yeah. be there for the experience. Uh, did I, you do a co-op placement? I did. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I took. I did every single bit of Ryerson's MPPA program <laughs> that, that I could. So I did my um, co-op placement. Placement actually, I was able to go come back to PEI. So I did a co-op placement at the, then it was titled the Tourism Research Center at the University of PEI. So it was a survey project looking at the economic impact of cruise ship passengers on Prince Edward Island's economy. Um, so I was able to work on designing the survey. I was actually able to administer the survey, so I hung out with cruise ship passengers for quite a bit. They're always in a great mood, which is was really, really, really fun. Um, and then uh, and then I did some of the data analysis on the, the final report. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So you really hit everything, PhD, MRP, co-op. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, I guess now I want to talk about some projects or tasks that you're working on uh, in this department. If you can yeah. That. Yeah. So right now, what's um, occupying most of my time, and I would say my entire division's time, is land policy. Um, so Prince Edward Island has a very sort of unique history with what has been called the land question um, for hundreds of years. Um, in fact, land policy has always been, um, you know, very important. Um, so we've opened up a major um, public consultation process to essentially identify priorities for land use, land planning, land development. Um, so we're doing things such as a public online survey. Um, we'll be moving into some qualitative data analysis shortly. Um, you know, we're, we're establishing an advisory committee um, and sort of working as a bit of a policy lever to sort of further engage um, the public and receive presentations on land policy development priorities. And then finally, we'll be taking all of this information and synthesizing it into recommendations for actual changes to the legislation and regulation. Um, so it's a very large project. Um, some other things that obviously have been, you know, top of the pile has been COVID-19 response. So throughout um, the COVID-19 pandemic, food security, food supply, these sorts of issues have been front and center. Um, so, you know, the division in terms of policy work has been doing things like jurisdictional scans to see what other departments of agriculture have been doing. We've been designing interventions, we've been designing programs. Um, and you know, sort of staying on top of that. Soon then we'll be moving into the evaluation phase. So probably by this time next year, we'll actually be developing evaluation plans to sort of look at some of these interventions to see how how effective they were. Um, so there's been a lot of work. We're, we're, never, uh, we're never left without work to do, um, but I do still consider myself always a student with, with these things. Um, and that's sort of the, uh, I sort of the, the part that I love about public policy the most is that you're constantly learning um, and you're always you're basically asked to learn and then sort of teach other people about what what you've learned so it's um, you know it's been it's been it's been a journey we'll put it that way <laughs> that, that's so great and I feel like all the skills that you mentioned before would go hand in hand with, the, with this job uh, totally yeah, so I'm so glad you had a great experience and you were able yeah. to share with, with listeners. It was definitely so fun learning about every single yeah. thing that you've done. Yeah. I feel like you are you had the most experiences so far. Yeah. I'm so glad you made the most of it. I'm Thank sure you. future students will definitely benefit from that. I hope so, yeah.
Well, everyone, I would like to end the episode here. I hope that this episode was helpful, especially for those students who are looking to join the MPPA program outside of Toronto or Ontario. This program definitely fosters skills that are needed not only in Canada, but all over the world. Stay tuned until next time.